When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with me, Ollie Hunter and Will Gavin. Uh, we're both extremely jet-lagged. We're going to rattle through Thanksgiving. Uh, it went how we both expected it to go, really. And we'll preview the Sunday's games, and uh, then we'll get out of here. Anyway, this is the Gridiron Show. This is the Gridiron Show. You're listening to The Gridiron Show with me, Ollie Hunter, in the studio. Willie Gavin is actually in his bed. Roles reversed from the last time we spoke, Willie. The, the best part is, is I'm literally laid down as well. I haven't even bothered sitting up. Um, so I, I have my laptop, like, you know, when you, you try and watch something in bed and you have it, like, right on your chest. Yep. So uh, it's, it's, like, right in your eyes. I, I'm literally laying like that. So uh, uh, I... Uh, you were saying the jet lag kicking our asses. I mean, I um, uh, I thought I'd got over it. But then last night I woke up at, oh, excuse me, at about four in the morning and then couldn't get back to sleep. When I played my dead, came back to bed, just to came back to bed to see my wife. I thought I was awake for the day at that point. And then I must have passed out and then woke up when Ollie rang me to be like, uh, we're podcasting blood. So, um, yeah, here we are. Yeah, uh, for me, I woke up, I fell asleep on my sofa at around half ten, woke up at half one, and then was awake until seven, and then slept oh, for an hour, knew that I had to come in here to do a podcast, forced myself up, and yeah, yeah, the jet lag tales, they're just wonderful, aren't they? I thought I'd kicked its ass, not. I had not kicked its ass, it's still ravaging my ass. Wait, that sounds really wrong. It's a family show. <laughs> not all heroes wear capes, buddy. No, nope, not nope. all heroes <laughs> wear capes. Right. Um, before we get on to the Thanksgiving slate, uh, we should mention the uh, the news from overnight that for the third time in a year, uh, the NFL is mourning the death of an owner. It's um, amazing that it has happened in, in such quick succession. But Houston Texans owner Bob McNair passed away yesterday at the age of 81, uh, owning the franchise since its inception in 2002. Uh, there were statements all across the league from the likes of Roger Goodell, from the, the Houston Texans themselves, from uh, uh, from Bill O'Brien, from yeah, uh, James Roots, from uh, absolutely everyone. But the um, I, I, you know, there's not a huge amount that, that we can say. Uh, apart from the fact that he yeah, a famous, famously a, th- a philanthropist, famously put a lot of money into the city of Houston. Um, but it will be interesting to see exactly what happens with the, the Houston Texans uh, ownership going forwards. Um, I think it does get to stay within his family uh, for now, but whether or not they look for a new ownership and what that could mean for the league in general uh, will be fascinating. But you know, as, as far as... 
we're concerned it's a, it's a simple rest in peace and uh, what's sad news. Yeah, Jerry Jones said, I'm privileged to have been his friend. We've lost a great Texan, sportsman and a wonderful person. He was not only a strong personal and professional influence on me, but his presence in the NFL helped grow uh, helped grow and develop our league on so many levels. So uh, that actually from Jerry Jones is pretty much sums up what quite a lot of what you can say about the guy the um the the team will be mourning the NFL will be mourning and it, again it, it's it's sad that another one of these um of these owners has passed away right let's um turn our attention to thanksgiving night and i think you pretty much summed up at the top Ollie. if people didn't go 3 for 3 in uh, the gridiron picks game uh, for, for uh, yeah uh, yeah for Thursday night, they must be an idiot. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I, I just had a feeling about Detroit, but Chase Daniels played far better than I thought he was going to play. I thought he actually was was quite good. Um, and the efficient. Off- yeah, he was efficient. It was Alex Smith esque, I guess. It was it was a decent performance from him. The defense kind of played up. They kept Killian Mack pretty quiet actually, but that was double sometimes triple teaming him and but the rest of the defense managed to then get to Matt Stafford I think he was sacked four times in that first half and the the um, Detroit offense is not very good there was one there was one particular play I think it was to I think it was to Trey Burton down the right hand side and if Darius Slay had got his head around head around he would have managed to to pick the ball and you often see that it's a, a bit of a bugbear of mine that defensive backs don't turn their head around they're constantly looking at the player when just simply look around you'll make a play on a ball on the ball there the Stafford pick six wasn't great um it, it was well, it was poor from uh from Detroit just on the pick six um that situation, we talk a lot about the Bears' front seven. Uh, Eddie Jackson read that play absolutely perfectly. But it was interesting that earlier this season, in fact, going all the way back to, I think, week one or week two, we heard teams talking about how easy it was to, to read the Lions' play calls at the, at the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and that actually they knew what the Lions were going to do before they did it. That's a real problem for the Lions. And that's exactly what it looked like happened on that play. It looked like he knew exactly where that ball was going, that they went straight to that first read. The Jets, it was, I remember talking about it early in the season. So, yeah, it's a problem for Detroit. Um, I think this pretty much puts them out of playoff contention entirely. Um, and, and the Bears continue to be interesting. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, 31, Washington, 23. Um, I, uh, I did particularly enjoy your uh, your ha-ha Clinton Dick tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I read, a, I read a, a tweet somewhere. Uh, I can't find it just off the, t- off the top of my head at the moment. But since the, the end of trade deadline day, the Packers have conceded 1.4 points per game less and the Washington Football Club have conceded 6.4 points more. So I think that tells you an awful lot. Um, it's obviously a huge result for the NFC East uh, as the Cowboys ascend to, to the top and, and they are the team very much in the ascension from both a performance and from a uh, and from a record standpoint. Uh, it's really interesting. Amari Cooper is a player that I did not rate that highly 
towards the end of his time in Oakland. I think it says a lot for the coaching from uh, Jack Del Rio and then John Gruden that they couldn't get more out of him because whilst I still think his his personal usage isn't that of a true number one receiver, his, his inclusion has allowed the offense to spread out a lot more, like we talked about earlier in the week, has given Ezekiel Elliott a lot more space, and then they obviously did find him for the touchdowns. So, um, particularly that, that big 40 yard, uh, was it the 91 yarder? Yeah, uh, it was a 90 yarder. I mean, amazing. So, uh, the Cowboys keep rolling. Washington kept it tighter than we may have expected with Colt McCoy in, but um, yeah, uh, Adrian Peterson needs to be running the ball. They need to get ahead in games. If they're not ahead in games, they really struggle. Um, and then uh, the Saints 31, Falcons 17. I think the big surprise, the Falcons restricted the Saints to uh, to 31 points. It seems to be the, uh, the, the biggest surprise of this game because otherwise uh, this was a really strong dominant performance from the Saints. Uh, it took a... Um, it, it, it took a late touchdown to even get it as close as two scores... Uh, and uh, just the turnovers, uh, again, the Saints. Marshall Lattimore was absolutely brilliant. Um, I thought up front they looked really good. Sheldon Rankins was excellent. Marcus Williams uh, was excellent. And he recovered their fumble off his own strip sack. Uh, just, it's amazing this team that are so strong offensively in recent weeks. What we need to talk is about that D. Well, the defence was insanely good. Look, you had... Um... The the, the 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 Falcons couldn't rush the ball in any way. Coleman, eight attempts, six yards. Ito Smith, four attempts, zero yards. Anyone else? Matt Ryan was their leading rusher with 16 yards off two. It just, they couldn't get anything going north to south or east to west on the ground. So therefore, Matt Ryan had to throw the ball a lot. The, Saint, the, the Falcons had a lot of the ball, but... The, the New Orleans defense was really, really good. And it seemed like it was a Thanksgiving party for Drew Brees. And he found a, a slew, an array of new receivers, Austin Carr, um, the, 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 uh, the rookies in Lewis and Arnold for, and Kirkwood for, um, for, for touchdowns. The main protagonists in, Tom's, in Thomas and Ingram and Kamara all didn't score. So, that was that was certainly was something and Drew Brees and I mentioned it to you the other day just the 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 touch that he has still is so good it's so great to watch there was one where he was rolling all the way out to the right and you're thinking just throw it out of bounds and it's a beautiful delicate throw down the line to to old man Watson for a 20 yard gain it was just brilliant just brilliant to watch him he is the nailed on MVP unless something incredible happens elsewhere or to him just they're so good to watch and it it has to be Rams Saints in either one of their buildings for the the divisional championship but it's just a great team to watch the Falcons you've got to say they're out of it now it was um it was you know you're obviously right to point out the set of receivers that did score because whilst if he preys on the likes of Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, um, Ingram as well, who have provided so much for this team, Austin Carr, Tommy Lee Lewis, Keith Kirkwood, Dan Arnold, the four touchdown receivers, all of them undrafted free agents. It just shows you how great that system is. And, and I really employ, implore people this week, if you haven't either read Peter King's column or downloaded his latest podcast from, from this week, while everyone else was zigging and watching uh, and then paying attention to Chiefs Rams, he was zagging and was all over 
the Saints, and he got to do a very unique thing this past week, because we got to sit in on the Saturday team meetings, all of them. So wow. um, as they worked through the as they worked through the game plan, as they did it with the the full team, as they did it with the full offense, and then they had the quarterback and coaching uh, game plan, and then he got to sit down with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, the two of them together discuss why they think Breeze has had such a great year this year. Uh, he's completing over, I, I don't know the stat after Sunday, after Thursday night, but before Thursday it was 77.3% of his passes, which is a full 10% on that scale up on his career average of 67, 15% if you want to talk about comparative, um, comparative stats. And so, it's a really, really great listen and a really, really great read and, and just gives you a real insight into just how much preparation goes in, but also how much innovation there is in this Saints team while everyone is praising uh, the Chiefs and the Rams for being so explosive. Uh, just worth paying attention to that Saints offence uh, as well. Uh, right, should we look forward to, uh, to to weekend games? Let's do it, mon brave because we have not got a lot of time. Let's take a quick break, and then we will do it. Are you listening to The Gridiron Show? Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, uh, now looking forward to the Week 12 slate. Um, there are some uh, there are some duffers in the 6 o'clock slate, Ollie. I'm not going <laughs> to Yeah, you're right. Uh, there there really are. There really are. There are some, some games where there are teams that are involved that aren't going to make the playoffs, uh, are not are not going to make a dent on on what's going on. Uh, one of them, and let's start with that one, your San Francisco 49ers going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, you've taken the 49ers on the Gridiron Predictor game to win this game. Why? Because I'm a homer. You're a Patrick Mahomer. I'm a Patrick Mahomer. Um, I, I'm a Patrick Mahomes sexual. I am a... Uh, I, honestly... The, um, the 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 Bucks aren't a very good football team either, and the 49ers lost to the Giants. They've coming off the bye week. They lost to the Giants off the um, uh, off mistakes rather than off quality of play. Uh, the Buccaneers' defense is rubbish, and uh, I, yeah, I just I think this is essentially a coin flip for me. You see, Vegas have given the Bucks two and a half points. Yeah, uh, the standard for our home team is three points. If you think it's going to be a coin flip game, so. You know, would I be surprised if the Bucks win? No. Would I be surprised if the Niners won? No. Do I really care either way? Not hugely. Um, Whoa, Willie, <laughs> why are you being I, like this? You know, I, I, it's, I want the 49ers to obviously do well, but the fact is the higher the draft pick we get, the better we look when we bring all those, all that talent back. You know, going back to last season, it's the old let's lose tight games where we look good but still get a high draft pick. Uh, my, I mean, my fandom has been called into question this week because <laughs> yeah, I well, wore a Rams abs- poncho. It's absolutely fair enough. Uh, it's it's farcical that uh, I have had so much uh, disdain. I uh, Liam actually messaged me and said, apropos of nothing, this is Liam Blackburn. Um, he was with a 49ers fan on Thursday night who, without Liam mentioning it, described me wearing the Rams poncho as a disgrace. I mean, are you kidding me? We were at a Rams game. We were on our trip. It was the first time we'd been to watch a game as fans in five years. And we're not a threat to the Rams at the moment. There is not a rivalry when one of the teams is piss poor. So, do you know what? I enjoyed myself. I actually bought the the poncho for a friend of mine who is a, a Rams fan. And so... 
I just thought, you know what? Let's get involved. Let's get in the revelry. They are giving us beer and food. The Rams fans were all lovely. Would I have done it at the Seahawks? Absolutely not. Would I have done it at the Patriots or the Cowboys? Absolutely not. But whilst we're not a competitive team, I don't begrudge the Rams because they're so great to watch. And if some, if people don't understand that you can be a neutral football fan sometimes, then uh, I just that style of fandom should be saved for football hooliganism, not for uh, NFL fans enjoying the game uh, in America. Bore off, bore Willie, off. Willie, uh, we work for an organisation which often po- posts on Twitter little snippets of things. You need to clip that off of this podcast and post it <laughs> because that was great. I lo- <laughs> I, it, you, you're fully on your soapbox and I loved it. I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. Have you posted anywhere my my uh, the video of me wearing the Rams poncho? I uh, haven't yet. No, I really need to. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I no, will do so today. It's all good, buddy. It's all good. I'm taking the Buccaneers, but I'm not really sure why. I liked... I like the 49ers when we saw them on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, I don't really know why, but I'm, I'm taking the Buccaneers. It's your turn to pick the next team, the next game. Um, let's, uh, let's do, well, I'm just going to work through them. Let's do Raiders, Ravens. The Ravens are 10 and a half point favourites because the Raiders are a terrible football team and the Ravens are going to win and go to six and five. But uh, the only really interesting thing here is that it looks like they're going to keep running with Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, not ready to come back. Uh, you know, going up against that terrible Raiders offense, just how much can he stake claim to the long-term job? Literally running with Lamar Jackson. It was 112 yards on the ground last week, 150 through the air, no touchdowns. I expect him to throw a touchdown, sling a touchdown, uh, come hell or high water. And... I think ten and a half points. I would say two touchdowns. The Baltimore Ravens will beat the uh, Oakland Raiders. Now the Patriots always uh, cough one up in the division. A weird one every year. It feels like, um, but I just can't see them doing it in New York against the Jets. They're coming off their bye week, sad seven and three, still smarting from that Titans loss. Uh, again, this is why we're talking about the potential duffers in the six o'clock window, because I think the Patriots are going to come off that bye week absolutely firing uh, and uh, unfortunately are going to steamroll Dem Jets. Well, Willie, you know, the, remember the last time where I said, do you know what? I, th- I fancy New England in this, but have a look out. Just watch out for the Tennessee Titans. Just watch out for the New York Jets here. Tom Brady is the worst starting quarterback when under pressure, New York, New York Jets are wow. the sixth best team at rushing the passer. So, wow. something may give there. So just, just, um, just keep that, everyone out there, you Willie as well, keep that under your hat. That may have a bearing on this game. I still think New England will win, but I think it will be pretty close. Not the ten points that Vegas is uh, is giving New England. Ollie, colour me impressed. Well, you know, you're welcome, big guy. <laughs> uh, I'm still taking the Patriots. So yeah, 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 me too. No <laughs> Neither of us bold enough to actually put the money where the mouth is on that one. Um, uh, where to next? Where to? Let's talk about the other New York team. The Giants, three and seven, heading to the four and six Eagles. The Giants can move above the Eagles if they go and win at Lincoln Financial Field. And, and the Giants, 
you know, a team on the on the rise, a team who have who are up to you know, two back to back wins and suddenly are kind of in the NFC East race. Well, do you know what? I was in that locker room after the the win against the 49ers and everyone was buoyant. Odell Beckham was bouncing around saying, run the table, we're going to win out from here. I'm going to pick the Giants in this game. I think the Giants will go to the Eagles. They'll end up with the same record at the end of it. Giants 4-7, and Eagles 4-7. and And the Giants is an outside bet of making the playoffs. I think it's going to happen. Giants to win for me. Uh, I, I've i done this too many times this season. It's been the Jacksonville Jaguars who seem to be my particular bugbear. But there's just so much more talent on one team than the other. And I know that the Giants have got all those exciting offensive weapons, the Beckhams, the Shepherds, the Barclays, the Engrams and everyone else. But I haven't bought their two wins particularly. Like I was just saying, that the, the winning of the 49ers came because the 49ers imploded, not because the Giants were great. And you've got to take advantage of those opportunities, yeah. obviously. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready. And then, and then the Buccaneers game was this weird back and forth. The Bucs defense is dreadful. I, I think this is the, the chance for Philly to get right. I, I think Philly are probably going to miss out on the playoffs at this point. But I think at least they're going to, uh, they're going to at least beat the Giants because that would just be embarrassing otherwise. Um, let's talk Jacksonville. Talking of the team no. that I keep backing well because of the Segway. talent, they must win every single game left this season. They have to. They have to go nine and seven if they've got any shot of the playoffs. They have to run the table. They go to the three and seven Buffalo Bills. Horrible place to go. Uh, and well, any time of year is difficult. But as we get into November and December, it's going to be getting colder. It's going to be getting snowy. It's going to be getting a rough place to be a passer and then when your passer is by bottles rough is the right word for it can i take a tie in this <laughs> i'll have you i'll happily leave Mate, take I, I, I don't know no, you i can... don't know how you take a tie on gridiron but <laughs> if go. any game has got tie written all over it it probably has this one josh allen is back under center i blake bottles obviously is is still under center with the jacksonville the defense hasn't played well Jacksonville haven't really got much going. I think I think Leonard Fournette, he played last week. I think he'll, we'll see more of him this week. I'm taking the Jags, but I don't really like it. I like the Buffalo Bills defense. I think it's going to be really close, but I'm just about taking the Jags. It's such it's it's that's it's a real coin flip game for me. Um, it looks like Josh Allen could be back, which we can finally see if um, we can finally see if the idea of getting the big arm guy to throw in the snow or throw in the cold, at least. I don't know if it's going to snow. I've mentioned snow twice. I have no idea if it's going to snow, um, whether that was a particularly good idea. The Jags defense is still brilliant. It's still got lots of good players. It just hasn't been able to mask the terrible offense this year and hasn't played up quite to the level of last year. I'm going to take the Jags as well. We, we want to see the Jags at least get up to a, a 500 record this season, so it's not too bad a drop-off. Um, this is a really intriguing one. Seattle heading to Carolina to face the Panthers. The Great Panthers, game. Three-point favorites in the Bank of America. I picked the Panthers for this one and got some stick on uh, Twitter saying, like, what will it take for you to believe in the Seahawks? Um, what I will say is that Panthers have been up and down against the run. Their defense should be set up to beat the run. 
The Seahawks have really established that run game in recent weeks, which has allowed them to open up the offense in general. And so that's the battle that I'm really intrigued to see. This could be at a time when we're all about high-powered offenses and passing games and this could be some good old-fashioned attritional football. Well, yeah, you've got two different styles of running offences, haven't you? You've got the the battering rams of Carson and Davis. I really like Rashad Penny, the the rookie that's come in as well for, for the Seattle Seahawks. And then on the, conversely... You've got Christian McCaffrey, who he does do a bit of it north to south, but they used to they look to use him in different ways and and cuts cuts and finding the edge and and such like with um, with Cam Newton, the more of the battering ram kind of guy on those quarterback keepers. So I like the t- the, the differences in rushing offenses, uh, receiving wise. The, the Panthers haven't really got much going, other than to DJ Moore, um, Curtis Samuel has had a bit of an interesting last couple of games. Christian McCaffrey, of course, out of the backfield there, is catching balls as well. Whereas Russell Wilson has been slinging it to Tyler Lockett, who had a, that great game against the Green Bay Packers, a game that we saw that broke my heart a little bit. Doug Baldwin hasn't been involved as much as he would like, and they've got their own rookie in David Moore too. So intriguing stuff on offense whereas on defense the Seattle Seahawks defense is is, is uh, they rectified their issues in the first half against the Packers and, and sorted them in the second half and the Panthers D will always be there or thereabouts this is a really really intriguing and great game but I think I've gone Panthers because of the home field I forgot it was DJ Moore versus David Moore this weekend which is only just going to confuse you and I more and more See what I did there. No relation. Um, yeah, I've, ta- I, I've taken the Carolina Panthers exactly for the same reason, because they're at home uh, traveling cross-country. The Seahawks have had the long week, though. Yeah, no, no, I'm going to take the Panthers. I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with it. Um, and I think uh, you mentioned Baldwin. I think he is coming more and more into that offense. I think he can be part of a big run going forward. But, uh, yeah, I think this uh, this will be a tough road slate for the uh, Seahawks and the Panthers will win it. Uh, the, uh, I think this is the last of the six o'clock kickoffs, unless I've missed something. Uh, and it's the Battle of Ohio. The Cleveland Browns head to face the Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns at three and six and one. Uh, the Bengals at five and five. I feel like the Browns must have had a bye week last week because I don't remember talking about them for a while. <laughs> I think they did have a bye week. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't do a, a review show last week, so we haven't spoken about a lot of teams for a long while. Maybe that's why then. Uh, the Bengals have dropped two in a row, um, but you know have a chance to to end that schneid against a, schneid. a, a team that they've that they've uh, absolutely dominated over recent years. The Bengals have won um, their last over the last two years I think over the last seven games over the last three years have won these games by an average of 21 points the closest game in that span was a 23 to 10 victory in December 2016 this is a rivalry which has been dominated by the Bengals of late I don't really know what to make of the the Greg Williams led Browns there was some improvement shown but they are still very much a, a football team putting themselves together um, they've got so much great young talent. No AJ Green could be a problem. Let's put it this way. I think the Bengals will win, but I think the Browns will keep it tighter than they have at any other time for the past three years. Those uh, those two defeats have coincided with AJ Green's um, toe injury. And 
they he still may go. He hasn't practiced, but he, the, there are reports coming out of Cincinnati, Bengals.com, Green may go. Um, I don't know. It's Tyler Boyd has, has come in and, and, and been brilliant this season, working initially out of the slot and then replacing AJ Green on the outside as well. He's a dynamic player. They've got both of their running backs and Bernard and Mixon back. Defensively, they haven't been great the last two games. And... I expect them to get that back against the Browns, who offensively haven't been very good. So, yeah, but Bengals for me. Um, the Chargers of that disappointing loss to the Broncos last week, we've obviously talked about this team a lot recently, but uh, first of all, Corey Legette out for the season after that knee injury suffered against the Broncos. That's a bit of a shocker, but honestly, the Cards defense is one of the, the worst in the NFL right now, and the Chargers need something to get uh, to get uh, themselves back on track. So I expect them to just just batter them, really. Just Chargers to win big. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I can't. I don't see much else. The Arizona Football Club, the Cardinals, are not very good at the moment. But did you see Larry Fitzgerald's? I think he scored two touchdowns last week. Both of them. Great catches from slightly overthrown, or you could say perfect, throw, perfectly thrown balls from Josh Rosen. But two really good catches. He's such a great player. I I love the man. I really hope he stays another year. <laughs> I'm not sure that he will, but I really hope he does. Chargers, I mean, if anyone's going to charge this, it is the Chargers against the Cardinals. But I expect the Chargers to win. Chargers win. Chargers win. Chargers we win. need that audio from you doing that on... Uh... On Talksport too. Um, let's talk about Andrew Luck because earlier in this podcast you said that there is a that Drew Brees is the runaway for MVP, and obviously we've been talking about Jared Goff and we've been talking about Patrick Mahomes. If the Colts who are now up to five and five, having previously been what two and five, have won three on the row, I think. Yeah, if the Colts. Like win this division, which is very possible, or get to the playoffs and cause a team some trouble. I, I, I think this Colts team and this Colts offense is one you do not want to face in the playoffs. I think Andrew Luck has an outside shout. He's got, he's got to be comeback player of the year right now. 100%. And just just maybe, just maybe into the MVP race, because uh, whilst Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is back, whilst these are two five and five teams, these are two teams for me that are very, very different five and five teams. And uh, this is, it's no surprise that the Colts are over a touchdown favourites in this one. Yeah, no surprise at all. I, I really, Andrew Luck has been playing brilliantly, and you and I both watched the highlight reel from last week's win, and some of the passes he's making, some in the pocket, some on the run. He's looking tough, just touched. He's got pace on on his passes. It seems like the old Andrew Luck is back, and when the old Andrew Luck is back. The Indianapolis Colts are all over a better team and everyone then plays up. And I think the defense is playing better. They're, they've finally worked out that Marlon Mack is, is their number one running back. T.Y. Uh, T. Hilton, it just a couple of insane touchdowns last week. They're getting the best out of Eric Ebron, who quietly, I think, is having a really good season. Nine touchdowns on the year. And, and he had a quiet week last week. So... Um, I'm going for a Colts win, and I think it will be quite a big one because the Dolphins are a bad football team, Simon Clancy. 
put 36.5 points they've averaged over the last four games. 29 touchdown passes, only behind Pat Mahomes on the season as well. He was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week last week. I love Andrew Luck right now. Uh, Pittsburgh heads to Denver uh, in another one of the nine o'clock games. Uh, Pittsburgh seven two and one. The Broncos at four and six. There's a six-game winning streak on the road, and there's a lot to you know like about the Denver Broncos in Mile High Stadium. Um, they obviously know how to handle those conditions better than anyone else, and they show flashes on the defense, even with a team which has been disappointing overall this season. Um, but the, the, it's the Steelers' defense I'm excited about. In that six-game winning streak, they've never allowed more than 21 points. Um, and I, I just can't see a Case Keenum-led Broncos being the team to break that streak. Even if they do, I think it'll be off a... Uh, I know they're going to be going on a high off that game over the Chargers, but it's like I was saying about the Giants over the 49ers, that felt more like the home team throwing it away than it did the road team. You've always got to stay in it and you've always got to take your chances. But this this will be this will be the Steelers for me. The Steelers for me as well. And it's, uh, there's a crazy stat. They are 12-1-1 in road games since the beginning of the 2017 season. And they haven't been beaten on the road this season, which is... That's an amazing stat. Amazing stat for a Steelers team that is often maligned because of its poor coaching, yet they're getting the job done when they're not in Pittsburgh. Uh, Denver, because of the mile-high factor, you've got to, you can't rule them out. I think it'll be a close game, and that's what Vegas has. But I'm going Pittsburgh. Just a little word on Philip Lindsay. Is he in the conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Because... Five touchdowns, 670 yards. He's rushing for over five yards per carry. That's on the ground, that is. He's got another through the air as well, or receiving touchdown. I think he's having a really good year. He looks on the eye. He just looks really, really good. Um, just, just. It, I think it's a, one of the Sky games. Watch out for Philip Lindsay. He's a really, really lovely looking player. I think it's a tough year because you've got Saquon Barkley because if Cleveland oh, win three or four more games this year, <laughs> Sorry. you've got Baker Mayfield. I forgot Nick about Chubb, Saquon Barkley. Uh, what a Sony disgrace. Michelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are other guys who, who need to be discussed, but Philip Lindsay should be in the conversation. Thanks, You're buddy. You're not wrong there. You've, uh, you've, you've pulled that back for me there, and um, I, I really appreciate it. Now, you and I... We'll be on air yet again for a Green Bay Sunday night football as they go to Minneapolis in a must-win game for both teams. Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. I'm a homer. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers. I shouldn't really, but I am. What say you, Willie? I um, I took my jet-lagged awake in the middle of the night time to do something. Um, I say I did it. Uh, this is with the help of SI, who did the legwork first, and I just went and reviewed their legwork. But um, we talked a lot last week about 3 of 11 on third downs against the Seattle Seahawks. And we talked about how, how much McCarthy was to blame and whether Rodgers needed to take some on his shoulders. So this is this is the concerning thing for me. 3 of 11 on third down, right? Let's eliminate three of those because they were... Down and distance, they were over three and five. So let's just take the eight times that they were three and five or less. They went two of eight on those plays. I watched the six that they didn't complete. There were three, arguably four of them, 
where there was an open check down, which would have gotten the first down. That's what's worrying me about Aaron Rodgers right now. I think he's trying to do too much. And yes, you can blame coaching on that to an extent, but I just think he's trying to take too much on his shoulders, always looking for the big play and not often enough looking for those chain-moving plays. And I'm telling you now, this Vikings defense, it's a simple defense. It doesn't show you a lot of wrinkles, but this is a, you have to take everything they do give you. If Rodgers is going to go there and beat Minnesota, then it's going to take... He, he has to play that kind of down and distance in the pocket style and make sure that whilst he makes a couple of big game-changing plays, that the rest of the time he's just keeping the chains moving, keeping the offense on the field and just keeping churning. Willie, one of the you mentioned those those third downs and those check downs. Uh, Randall Cobb has been out for the last three or four, five or six games. And uh, he is a guy that obviously... Aaron Rodgers knows well. They've they've been in the same team for the the last however eight nine years. When he's out of the out of the um, when he's out, Rodgers then feels even more he has to do something, make the big play. Whereas Rodgers, whereas Cobb is that guy that that generally finds himself open and, and does help move the chains. If Cobb is back, which he could be back uh, in the in Sunday night football, that would be huge for Green Bay because that in turn, then helps with the chain moving. I'm taking the Packers. It's a homer pick, but I worry about Minnesota, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Either one of them or both are likely to have a big game against Green Bay and their poor defensive backfield. I'm very aware of time and the fact that you've got to get on with work, so I'm just going to tell you I'm taking the Vikings. Monday Night Football, Titans, Texans. Titans at 5-5, five and five, Texans at 7-3. and three. It's at NRG Stadium. Uh, I, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to take the Texans. They're on this brilliant run right now, pushing for a third AFC crown in four seasons. Uh, and this is the, a win here would be a huge move towards them doing so. And it, it, given the, the the news out of Houston today, with with um, uh, with the owner passing away, it'll be a, a, a real emotional night. And I think the Houston Texans will win as well. Beautiful stuff, Ollie. You're a wonderful man. Go get on with your real job. I'm going to go and try and slap myself awake a little bit. Hope you get over the jet lag soon, buddy. Or it's going to be a very sleepy Sunday night football on Talk Sport. <laughs> I'm sure I will. Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, no final thoughts from me. Any final thoughts from you? Absolutely not. Oh, great, great. But let's finish off by getting the latest odds from our friends at redzone.bet. Hi, this is Warren Lambais from redzone.bet. Will's out and about gallivanting around some pub or club, so I'm once again giving you the betting preview on my own, this time for week 12. So, looking at the TV games, um, first of all, we're looking at the Philly match. So it's the Giants at Phillies. The line here is four and a half points. The over-under at the moment is 47 and a half points. Um, the Philly defence is decimated by injuries, and, and um, so that's going to be a big problem for them. Uh, I think their offense is probably going to rebound a little bit after only scoring seven points against the Saints. Um, but they're going against the Giants team. That's, you know, have they found their groove? It's a good matchup for Barkley and Beckham. Their defense is still questionable after allowing 35 points to Tampa. So I would say in this game, with the um, over-under being 47.5, I'd bet the over. Um, we've got that on our, on our site at 50 to 57. So... Um, that's the bet I would go for for this game. Moving on to the second CV game, um, we're looking at Pittsburgh at Denver. 
Um, Pittsburgh, I think, were very lucky to win against the Jags. It was some shambolic play calling from the Jags that's got Steelers back into the game. Uh, and Denver surprised me and most everybody else who sort of got knocked out of our last man standing leagues that we were running. Um, Denver ran the ball very well against the Chargers and they normally play much better at home. Um, the Steelers' pass rush, however, is very good. So I'm going to go for a, a, a very boring bet on this. This is um, to bet the under. People don't seem to like that one, but it's a, it's a pretty good bet, I think, for this time. It's, the over-under is 46.5 at the moment. You can either back the Steelers minus three or you can back the Broncos plus three, but I'm suggesting under 46.5 at 10 to 11. Uh, going on to the late Sunday night game, that's the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are the standard three-point favourites at home. The over-under is 47.5 um, points. Um, Minnesota got manhandled by the Bears' defence last week, didn't they? Um, but the Packers' defence is nowhere near as good, and its secondary has a lot of injuries. Cousins should be able to move the ball well. For Rodgers, that's not going to be a problem, uh, nor is the offence. Yeah, the problem for him, I think, is Mike McCarthy's play calling, which is, is dreadful. And, and last week, punting on the fourth down at the end of the game versus Seattle was, was just criminal. So on this game, I would say take the better coach. So back the Vikings, minus three. Um, that's 25-27 on our site. Um, and final uh, TV game is the Monday night game, uh, Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Um, Houston are a tricky team to work out. They're grinding out wins, and Watson deserves a lot of credit for the way he's playing, and he's keeping the team in, in the game. The defence can be beaten, but generally only through the air. Tennessee are, are a really frustrating team to work out. Uh, you know, they absolutely destroy the Patriots one week, and they get blown out by the Colts the next. Uh, I still think the Titans have the better defence, and so the line here is six points. So Houston are six-point favourites at home. I'll be back in the Tennessee Titans plus six at 25-27. The over-under is 42. I, I wouldn't touch uh, that myself. So back the Titans plus six, 25-27. Uh, please gamble responsibly uh, and look out for redzone.bet for any special offers. Thanks very much, Will, and I'll catch you next week. Asda, get all your Welsh favourites like a 350 gram pack of Collier's Powerful Welsh Cheddar was £3, now £2. And six braces Welsh cakes, get two packs for just £1.50. St David's Day worthy at celebratory prices. Don't compromise. Asda, save money, live better. Selected stores subject to availability. Welsh cakes, Wales only. £1.10 per pack. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.